Those vaccine hopes continue today, but the shift in equities is largely structural, with big falls today in tech stocks and warnings from the Fed that it ain't over yet, which is true, of course. This vaccine isn't approved. It doesn't come with a watertight guarantee. Meanwhile, things are moving in Europe. It's launching antitrust action against Amazon and looking into a greener future as well. And the RBNZ today, will they be a little less dovish this morning than we've been expecting? And takeouts from yesterday's NAB business survey in Australia as well. It's Wednesday, the 11th of November, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar doesn't know where to go. It's been up, down, up again, and basically it's where it was yesterday on the DXY. The only big moving currencies, in fact, has been the pound, which is up 0.6%. The Aussie dollar still stuck around 72.8 US cents. The expectation of how a vaccine will change things is even more evident in US stocks today. The Dow is up 0.3%. Actually, that doesn't sound that exciting. It was up a bit more than that earlier on. But look, the Nasdaq down 1.5%, almost like uh, we never saw that something could... uh, finish off COVID and we'll all be flying, eating out and spending less time at home with tech. Uh, European stocks climbing again at 1.8% for the FTSE 100. That doesn't often happen alongside a rising pound, does it? And we've got shares in Spain up 3.4%. Smaller moves in bond yields today, except Australian 10-year bond yields up 15 basis points to 0.92%, the highest since mid-September. Oil is up another 2% for WTI and Brent. WTI now over $41 a barrel. Gold and silver also still on the rise, a 3.3% rise in silver this morning. And today, uh, well, we're still excited about a vaccine. Joe Biden is still going to be president of the United States, and Donald Trump uh, still refuses to concede. Uh, let's let's get the lay of the land with Rodrigo Catrill, senior FX strategist at NAB in Sydney. Actually, the fall in tech stocks, it is not just because we might be going to a, a post-COVID world at some point, and we're not going to be so reliant on on home tech. It's also antitrust legislation in Europe uh, against Amazon. Uh, And I suggest maybe there's a a bit of a reappraisal going on as well as that. But, um, you know, the broader question as well as to whether equities have have, have gone too far. Maybe it's it's a few things all at once. Morning, Phil. Yes, as is often the case, there's there's more than one dynamic going on. um, when, when you look at the, the tech and the performance, certainly the, 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 the EU accusing Amazon of breaching antitrust rules is a factor and also a reminder that it's not just Amazon, but all the big techs uh, are being watched in Europe and in the US and, and then they, they should be prepared for at least yeah. some sort of um, you know, antitrust ruling coming, coming their way. So it's a, it's a good reminder it's not just Amazon. So uh, big tech is being affected by that. But uh, to give some credit to the rotation arguments, when, when you look at small stocks like the Russell 2000 index, um, is having a pretty good day. And yesterday also had a pretty good day. So um, as we talked, the, the Russell uh, 2000 is up one one and a half percent. So there's, there's a bit of, of both things going on here. It's certainly a rotation away from the big tech and, and those that benefited the most during the COVID era. Um, and, and small stocks um, certainly uh, having a, a very good day and a second good day. Yesterday, they also performed very well. Yeah, well, I guess there's going to be a bit of that, you know, as we come out of the, uh, out of the virus and we're all still hopeful about that, then we are going to be looking at you know what fundamentally has shifted and the idea so that this the situation with amazon is they are being accused that they were using data from uh, their marketplace vendors uh, to find out what people were buying then creating their own amazon goods in competition and selling them for less that's the allegation against it similarly in china they're looking at the activities of alibaba and other online providers over there as well that they think might be holding too much power and that's uh, hit equities a little bit in china as well the uh, csi 300 is down well only 
only half a percent today, but it's a, it's a similar story. So it shows, isn't it, the agenda sort of moving on already, isn't it? We're looking at what next and uh, back to antitrust legislation. <laughs> Yes, uh, and I suppose the other kind of story itself is, is 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 the vaccine itself. You know, the Pfizer news yesterday was pretty good, uh, but now there's been a little bit of sort of thinking around what does it all mean. It's great, ninety percent uh, effective rate is is fantastic, but uh, when you look at the details, we're talking about forty three thousand. Uh, I think it's 43,358 individuals that were trialed, but the data is only referring to 94 patients. Uh, It's still unclear whether those 94 patients that had the 90% success ratio were young people or whether, you know, what was the diversity of of that group? Um, And also it's still unclear whether the vaccine um, immunity will will last for how long? Is it months? Is it years? Um, And so so there's a lot of questions that, that still remain and uncertainty around that and also it needs to be remembered that Pfizer said you need two doses and they only have around 25 to 30 million for this year so when you start thinking about all the numbers um, it does kind of play to the view that it's encouraging uh, but it doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to have a solution to the COVID-19 crisis this year it still remains the case it's more likely to be somewhere around halfway through next year when you know a significant amount of effective doses will be available to be distributed as well yeah you know I went into this uh, podcast full of enthusiasm, Rodrigo. You've just you've just destroyed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not inviting you to any parties. Uh, look, I mean, you're actually saying they're pretty similar to what uh, Robert Kaplan the, from the Dallas Fed has been saying, and uh, and also Eric Rosengren from the Boston Fed, both talking over the last 24 hours, saying you know we've got to get over the next two quarters. The U.S. economy is not going to pick up until the second half of next year, so there is a need for more fiscal measures. And in fact, Eric Rosengren making the point that you know the service sector is going to be carrying so much debt that job recovery is going to be very slow and it's going to be women and, and minority workers that are going to be hit the hardest. So you need a fiscal package to try and uh, separate out those differences because there's not a lot central banks can do about structural imbalances that has been brought about by COVID, is there? Yeah, that's quite right. So I think it's, also, it's actually not just the message coming from the Fed. Even RBA Kent yesterday was speaking uh, to us and, and he reminded us as well that when, when you think about the support central banks are providing, it really should only be seen as sort of this sort of um, sort of helping hand, if you like. But the, the main player in all of this needs to be the fiscal side. And, and particularly in the US, uh, there's major concerns with the economy losing, mm-hmm. potentially losing momentum, the labor market losing momentum. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, still disagreements in terms of whether another another fiscal support or another round of fiscal support will, will be coming soon, the, hopefully this yeah. year as well. On that structural difference, so the UK released their unemployment numbers. The unemployment rate went up a bit uh, for the three months to September from 4.5% to 4.8%. But the real story is the hours work compared to a year ago. They are 12% down, 36% down for the accommodation and food sector, only 2% down for finance and not at all for people in the in the public sector. So that that shows, doesn't that, the uh, the huge differences. So, uh, but it looks like they may be moving forwards in Europe. I mean, these, this, this recovery fund, uh, they, uh, they reached some sort of agreement today on the EU budget through to 2027. Still needs to be ratified by the EU Parliament, but that is going to outline, uh, first of all, how they're going to pay back that $750 billion, but also uh, how they're going, to, they're going to spend it as well. So I guess that's good news. They've been talking about it for so long. Actually, getting that money out into the economy would be quite good. And we get Christine Lagarde talking today as well at the ECB Forum on Central Banking. Uh, she's going to be talking about the uh, the implications of fundamental global changes for central banks. That sounds like rather 
a grand title? Is it going to be worth listening out to? <laughs> well, uh, she's given the introductory remarks of what it is, an ECB forum or conference of, of two days. Uh, so there will be a lot of discussions around that. So I'm, I'm not sure whether she will be revealing anything in terms of ECB policy and in particular whether they will be you know, increasing the QE program uh, next next month. Um, but um, uh, overall, I, th- I think that the, ECB, the, the European news are significant in the sense that we're certainly taking one solid step uh, towards the ratification of the European fund uh, and that not only will be important for the euro but also uh, important for the expectations of a meaningful recovery in Europe next year. Um, of course, Europe at the moment is uh, going through all these lockdown measures and the need for, for a significant stimulus uh, is, is very much there and, and, and necessary and, and the ratification of this fund will be significant uh, in, in that regard so the market can start pricing in you know, the potential for, for Europe to recover uh, early next year. Right. And the talk is all going to be about climate change, isn't it? You can see people saying, now we've moved on from that crisis, let's look at the next one. And Christine Lagarde, obviously very big on, on climate change. I'm sure she's going to talk about that. And we had Rishi Sunak in the UK uh, making it mandatory for large oh. companies to report on their exposure to climate risks and a, a paper out from the Bank of England as well on that uh, today. So the, the agenda sort of moving on very swiftly from COVID-19 to climate change. Part of the European Fund uh, objective is, is actually focused around yeah. that, you know, green energy and, and environmental changes and everything. So certainly a, a topic uh, and one of the big drivers for European recovery next year. Now, uh, the RBNZ this morning, uh, I think the expectation is they're going to keep rates on hold at 0.25% or will they take them down maybe to 0.1%, still staying positive or they're going to keep them where they are. I guess the, the big expectation is this new funding for lending program, isn't it? Yes. So I suppose that the interesting thing in New Zealand has been the, the repricing that we've seen in, 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 the, in the yields, uh, in the curve, um, given all this uh, FIFA news that we had yesterday. Now there's the expectation, which could be right, could be wrong, that the, maybe the, the RBNZ doesn't sound as dovish. Uh, the RBNZ has been very, very sort of dovish and, and kind of a, a little bit of an outlet in terms of how aggressive they've been, not only in terms of of the quantitative easing program, but also in terms of signaling uh, the, the likelihood that they will be moving towards a negative cash rate next year. Um, so the interesting thing is, is, is two things. One, is this lending f- uh, funding for lending program, what is it going to look like? How big is it going to be? Uh, and what is the, the, the level of lending that RBN said will provide to the banks? And the other big topic will be whether the RBN said will remain as dovish and, and continue to signal the, the potential for that cash rate to move into negative territory next year. Uh, that will be important, of course, and particularly given the big move in, in, in New Zealand rates that we've seen in the past couple of days. Um, so, so we could see a little bit of volatility in the QE today. Now, the, uh, the NAB business survey yesterday for October, some positive signs for business confidence, but employment lagging a bit behind on that. I, I suspect that will surprise no one. We get Australia's monthly control consumer sentiment reading this morning as well, don't we? Yes, I suppose the, the business survey, the, the positive thing you can say is, yes, we've seen a significant lift in confidence uh, from negative four to plus five. Again, we think it's reflective of, of the opening of, of you know, the lockdowns in Victoria and Melbourne in particular. Um, and conditions, of course, haven't yet catch up to that because it's just the beginning, if you like. Um, but it certainly points it in, in the right direction that as uh, uh, Victoria reopens, um, then the, not 
only you will see the benefits in the state, but also uh, some ramifications for, for the rest of the country. So hopefully we, we're traveling in the right direction, but there's still a bit more work to be done there. And I suppose in terms of consumer confidence, the, the interesting to, thing to note is that last month we had a decent jump of around 11%. Um, and that was before the, the news of, of Melbourne lockdowns being um, undone, if you like. Um, so, so hopefully, uh, at least as a, as a minimum, we can see consumer confidence to remain as buoyant as last month. And, and even better, it, it will be nice to see uh, further increases there as well. Pretty light on data-wise, isn't it? Japan gets its machine tool orders for October. We get the, the weekly MBA uh, mortgage applications in the United States. That's pretty much it, really. But uh, it's it's vaccine news, uh, COVID news, and the RBNZ. And uh, we'll wait and see whether today is the day, perhaps, that Donald Trump concedes. <laughs> but I doubt it. Well, we'll have to wait and see then, Phil. Well, he's, he's just sent me an email in the last few minutes saying, join the Election Defense Task Force, asking me to contribute money. Strangely enough. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Good stock. Catch you soon. Cheers, Phil. Thanks. Uh, that is Wednesday morning's morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.